Open your Bibles with me, if you would. It's 1129. We'll be done by 12 noon on time for you to go home, spend time with your families. But just a few thoughts that the Lord spoke to me about that I'd like you to read with me. I know the children are here, so parents don't be stressed or concerned if they're a little more noisy than they were. we normally have it. It's absolutely fine. Amen. We're just happy that we're all here as a family today. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And if you'd put that up on the screen for me, please. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, because there may be some folks that don't have a Bible with them today. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6. The Lord said something to me when I was praying and studying for this message, and he said, my names are with you. Now, of course, there's many a Jehovah names of God. There's many other names of God. We've, on a Wednesday night, we've gone through uh, dozens and dozens of names that he has given us. But when he said it to me, I knew he wasn't talking about all those names. He was referring to these names. And uh, when God is with us, it means who he is is with us. And a name describes who somebody is. It's their identity. Yeah. You say, Sandy, yeah. that's her identity. This is God's identity. Yeah. Now we read this, we, people read this scripture. This is a famous Christmas scripture. This is a prophecy from Isaiah 700 years before Jesus came. And he, he said in chapter 7 that, there was, that a virgin would give birth. That's a prophecy that's only happened one time in history, and that was Mary. But Isaiah prophesied that virgin birth, that, that, uh, that immaculate conception. But of course, in chapter 9, he prophesies again, and he says that this child that would be born of a virgin would be called these names. Yeah. Now, the problem with this list is I've read it from a number of different translations, including the Amplified Classic, which is usually very accurate, but in this case, it's not. Because this, this, this list here, notice the comma, and it's very important you see the comma. Everybody seems to say, wonderful counselor. Many translations say, wonderful counselor. But in the Hebrew, it does not say, wonderful counselor. It says, wonderful, pause, counselor. That's why the King James Version has it accurately, wonderful, comma, counselor. Wonderful is not an adjective describing the counselor. Many people think it's just, a, well, he's a great counselor. He's a fantastic counselor. That's not what this is saying. There are five names listed here, one for every one of your fingers. And, I, and I, I've been thinking about this because we use our hands for everything. And so... I just, in my own weird way, I think to myself, well, Lord, when I use my hand, I'm using all these fingers. And my life needs, uh, in order to accomplish this task, I need all these fingers. And these five names, it's like one for every one of your fingers. And it's like you need these names. If, if you can get a revelation of what these names mean, it will help you as you go through the tasks of your life. Because every one of these names have something very important for your life. I heard him say to me, I'm with you, Emmanuel, God with us, but my names are with you. Yeah. And he said, study those names, son. So the first thing I did was I realized that wonderful is not an adjective. If wonderful was an adjective, uh, if, then it would be a small w. Yeah. 
but it is a capital W in the Hebrew with a comma, a pause, a break before the word counselor. Why? Because wonderful is not an adjective. Wonderful is his name. And the Lord started dealing with me and said, I want you to meditate on these five names because it's like the fingers on your hand and, and, and there's, an over, there's an overview, there's, a, there's an umbrella overview of these five names. Really, it's amazing when you study, I've never seen that, I've never heard anybody preach this before. That was just something God revealed to me and I'm grateful he did. But he said, these five, if you can get a revelation of what these five names mean, it'll take you through every part of life that you need. It'll be like the fingers on your hand. And so I'm not going to be long this morning, but I want to start with the word wonderful. Let me give you the Hebrew definitions because it was obviously written in Hebrew. Let me give you the Hebrew definitions of all of these names. Number one, wonderful means miracle worker. It means the performer of wondrous, marvelous, distinguishing miracles. That's what the word wonderful means. It's not an adjective that means great. It's where we get the word wonder. And God did, God confirmed the word, remember the Bible says in Mark 16, with signs and wonders. Wonders mean something that makes somebody wonder. Something that goes, I can't understand this. This boggles the human imagination. This is outside of natural reason. This goes against the natural order of, of the universe. What is going on here? A wonder is a miracle. A wonder is something supernatural. And I want you to know the very first thing that Jesus is called is your miracle worker. Why? Because Jesus wants people that come to him. And if you don't know him today, we'll give you an opportunity to get to know him. But he wants every person that comes to him to first think of him, I am your wonder. I am your wonderful, your working of wonders. I am your miracle worker, the performer of wondrous, marvelous, and distinguishing miracles. Amen. Things not common, not ordinary, separated from the natural order of life. And when I go about my day, there are many times where I need the supernatural intervention of God. Maybe I'm driving in the snow and I need his divine protection. Maybe I'm going to an interview or a job and I, or a new client and I need his divine favor. All of these are supernatural interventions in my life. And I want you to remember that the very first thing Jesus is to you is he is supernatural to you. He is a miracle worker. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. I mean, it's kind of got a twist to that because he is wonderful. He is beautiful. He is fantastic. He is great. But he is more than that. He is wonder. He is a working. He is the worker or performer of wonders. And you have to meditate on the name that has been given him because God is with you. The name is with you. And you need to meditate and believe, release your faith. Lord, do wonders for me. Yes. Intervene supernaturally into my life. Don't let my 2024 just be by my wits and by my education and by my know-how. Do something beyond what I can do. Move in ways beyond what I and the natural would be able. Be my wonderful. My God. I can't tell you how much this has blessed me. And the next word, counselor. This word means, listen now, it means a guide. It means the one who gives advice. And it means, I like this in Hebrew, the revealer of purpose. Also, it means the one who shows the future. Do you realize that part of the thing in life that you need, in addition to the supernatural intervention, is you need to know where you're going. You need to know why you're here. 
You need to know if the job you're in is his purpose and his plan. If that's the right place for your future, you need that shepherd to guide you, that mighty Holy Ghost, Jesus on the inside by faith to say, this is where I'm having you go. It's not just the supernatural miracles we need. We need to know where to go. We need to know what our purpose is and what his plan is. Because when we get there, we're going to need supernatural aid. But we don't just need the supernatural aid. We need to be in his perfect will. You need to be saying, Lord, let 2024 be a year where if I've missed it in any way that I get back on track. My wife and I are taking every single department of this church, every single one, and we are laying it before the Lord in the new year, early part of the new year, and we are praying it out and saying, Lord, we don't want to just do something because we've always done it. We don't want to just continue in a vein or in a direction because that's the, that's the normal action that we've always done. Is this your plan? Would you guide us? Would you be our counselor in our personal life, in our marriage? You know, if you have the counselor in your marriage, you'll have a sweet marriage. If you have the counselor with your children, he'll show you how to, how to handle situations you don't know how to handle. If you have the counselor when you're running your business or when you're running a church, he'll show you what to do. We don't just need miracles, but we have to have miracles. But we also need guidance. Guidance is so critical to your life. Remember, he said to me, these five are like the fingers of a hand. If you can get this revelation, you'll be able to handle tasks better. You'll be able to grab a hold of things in your life better. I need the wonderful and I need the counselor. Oh, I like the next one. Mighty God. Now this, let me, let me read you what the Hebrew says. This is quite astonishing to me. It's the Hebrew word Gabor, which is the word used when they would fight the giants. Remember in the Old Testament, those, those giants that were very tall and that were very evil, but that was the word used to describe these extremely mighty men was the Hebrew word Gabor. And that is Jesus's name, mighty God. Now this word means this, the champion warrior. The valiant prevailer, the powerful giant, and the chief tyrant. I don't mean tyrant in a negative way. It's a tyrant against the forces of darkness. It's a tyrant against Satan. He is a tyrant against hell. But he's not a tyrant against us. Let me repeat that to you. That word mighty in the Hebrew means the champion warrior. The valiant prevailer. The powerful giant that ever stands at my side ready to defend me. And the chief tyrant. What does this mean? The mighty God speaks of protection. We have this huge God in us and beside us as a powerful warrior champion ever ready to defend us, to protect us to watch us and guide us. Why do you think these adjectives, these are warrior adjectives. When we're in a fight, when we're in situations, tests and trials, problems that we're facing, we need to know that we're not alone. We need miracle power in those situations. We need guidance through those situations, but we also need to know that we're not alone in those situations and that there is a giant warrior standing at our side ever ready to defend us. This speaks of protection, and let me tell you, protection is a major category that is needed. The everlasting, the everlasting father. 
Now, that's actually Jesus' name. Now, we know that God the Father is God the Father, but Jesus' name is Everlasting Father. Can I tell you what the Hebrew means in this, everlast, this word everlasting? It means the one who holds eternity. The one who is eternity. The everlasting, perpetual God without end. You say, what does that have to do with anything? When you are going through this life, like a pilgrim and you're going through all the stuff you're going through that you will go through in 2024 i'm telling you the truth about this you have to keep on the forefront of your mind the eternal realm you have to remember that what you're seeing in the news and what you're feeling in your body and what you're going through in the in the economy and all this stuff it is a temporary thing the rest of the world does not understand this they think this is it they think this is their whole purpose in life but we have this thing to go through yes but we have something that is actually very soon it's very close much closer than any other generation has ever been to it it's something called the eternal realm the eternity of the father the world without end or heaven that is just ahead of us. And if you will keep your attention on the fact that God is eternal and that eternity is in you, eternity is a part of you and eternity is waiting for you, it will get your focus out of the ditch because we are so consumed with our little bubbles and our little lives and everything going on here. And sometimes you have to lift up your eyes and you have to say, this really only is, I'm only passing through this place. This is not the real me. This is not the real future. This is, this is only a testing ground. This is a phase. This is a temporary moment. This is a hiccup in time. This is a small, this is a small speed bump in the course of eternity. Everything I'm going through right now may feel like it's all-encompassing, but it's only a drop in the ocean because the ocean is eternity and all I'm accomplishing is one drop right now, but I have something ahead of me that is far greater than this job that I have to go to Monday to Friday. I have something ahead of me far greater than the things I'm facing in my body, than the things I've the tests and the trials. I'm telling you, when people keep their eyes on the ground, on all what they're going through, instead of looking at the eternal realm, they get more discouraged, they feel more enclosed, they feel more confined. When you start looking at the eternal realm and remember the eternity of God is in me and it's waiting for me. And I'm going through this life, but very soon I'm going to be over yonder. What that does is it produces hope. Amen. Hope sets the table, faith eats. Now we're always talking about faith, are we not? Because in this world, in this life, you have to take the promises of God. You have to take your healing. You have to take your prosperity. You have to take your protection. You have to take it now because you're living now. But we don't often talk about hope because we're talking about faith because we're living in this realm. But hope is about the realm to come. And if you only focus on this realm, I'm telling you over time, it starts even with faith. Even with victory, your mindset becomes ditch-oriented. I got to get through this problem, but I'll do it in faith. I got this, oh, that, that thing just showed up. Well, I'm going to take care of that, and that's in faith. And I'm not saying, well, obviously, we're living by faith. The just shall live by faith. But we're just going from one issue to the next issue as we walk this walk of victory. But every now and then, the Holy Ghost will say to me, lift up your eyes. And what he means is, stop looking at this life. 
Stop looking at your job, your car, your, the events, all the stuff on your plate, your to-do list, your calendar. Stop looking at all of this because while you're doing this in faith and victory, son, there's something that you have not yet seen. And it is heaven. And when I, and I can't take heaven by faith because then I'd be, then I'd be there now. I can take promises by faith and live them today. But heaven is not about faith. Heaven is about hope. Hope is anticipation. Hope gives you something that is very valuable. Don't ever lose hope. Don't ever downplay hope because of faith. Faith is the present, but there's something more than the present. There's the future. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times where I've been going through something, Deanne, and the Lord would say, lift up your eyes. And I know what he means is lift up your eyes and look at heaven. Look at the eternal realm. Look at the eternity that I am. This is just a moment, son. There's something far greater than you could imagine. And even though you can't have it today, you can have hope knowing it's coming. We have to live thinking of that eternal realm. Walking in faith presently and having victory, but remembering that this old world and this thing that we're doing and this, it's not really the be all and end all of our lives. All the education, all the work to get the job, all the, all the struggle, all the faith, all the victories that we're accomplishing, praise God for it. But really, this is just a small part of what is about to happen. And we most likely are going to be the first and only generation in the history of mankind to not see a coffin. And I don't think it's dawned on half of you because we are trained to think we live our life and we die. But in our generation, I'm telling you, with everything that is happening and everything that is building and the puzzle pieces are falling into place, it's probably not more than 10, 15 years at the most before we're going to hear a sound in the heavens and it's going to be a trumpet and it's going to be the sound of Jesus' voice saying, come up hither. And people don't live in that reality. They live for their RSP. Now do your RSP, but there's something greater. Most of you won't have time to spend it. We live in the moment because human nature lives in the moment. Thank God for faith to have victory in the moment. But what about the hope of the eternal realm? What about what's coming? You do have to lift up your eyes and see that Jesus is your everlasting, eternal God without end. And that eternal realm is right there and you're about to touch it. Why? Because it gives you hope. Hallelujah. Don't ever give up on hope. We teach a lot on faith because you're living in this world, but hope for the next world will hold you in times where nothing else will hold you. Are you listening to me? I need a miracle worker. I need a supernatural intervention, Jenny. I need a guide, somebody who will show me my purpose, reveal secrets to me, and show me my future. I need a divine protection because this world is fraught with problems left, right, and center, and I need that mighty giant ever ready to defend me at my side. And I need the hope of eternity burning in my heart that everything I'm going through is but a moment because I see that the everlasting Father, that name, that eternity is waiting for me and it's right there. We can almost touch it and it gives me hope to go through my day and my week and my month. You with me today? And the last one, Prince of Peace. 
Now that word prince, you could use many different words for it. It means governor, it means ruler, it means general. But, but the main word in the Hebrew, because they, they do have a primary and then they have secondaries. The primary word for prince in Hebrew means captain. He is the captain of my peace. What does peace mean? Peace means far more than tranquility. It means far more than calm. It means far more than quiet. When we say, you know, be at peace, what we're saying is calm down. Be, be, be calm, be still. But that is not what the Hebrew word shalom, peace, means. It includes that, but it is, that is only one very small part of that word, peace. What that word means is this. It means wholeness. W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S. The word shalom primarily means wholeness. Meaning wholeness, this is a definition, to be completely safe, happy, and well in mind, body, and estate. And specifically it means to be completely safe, happy, and well in prosperity, in your physical health, and in your mental peace, your mental, that is the word peace, calmness comes. But that is not the only word that it means. It literally means shalom is a all-inclusive word. That's why the Jews use it all the time, even today. Because what it's not just saying, hope you're having a calm day. That's not what it's saying. It includes that. What they're saying is wholeness be yours. What they're saying is that the safety and the divine protection of God for your body, for your mind, for your estate, safety, welfare, happiness, joy in your health, in your prosperity, and yes, in your calmness of mind or peace. But it is an all-encompassing word that really covers every base. That's why it doesn't just mean calmness, it means wholeness. Because if you're whole, you are calm, but you're also healed. You're also safe and you're also prospered, and you also are happy, because part of that definition in Hebrew means to be happy, which God actually wants us to be happy, not, not sad all the time. This word, Prince of Peace, literally means captain of wholeness. He is my captain, my leader. Captain leads you. He leads me into wholeness. In every facet, see that's why we got four categories prior to this, but this last one touches everything. This last one covers every base that may have been left out by the previous four. Because when he is your captain or leader of wholeness, it means that in every area, every face, every sphere, every part of your mind, body, every part of your soul, your spirit, every part of your estate, your property, there is a sense of safety, prosperity, health, and calmness, and joy. If he only said Prince of Peace, it would be enough because it covers everything. But I want you to notice that he specified four other names. Those names are in us because he is in us. If the Christ child Jesus Emmanuel means God with us in the Old Testament, it means God in us in the New Testament because he's not just with me, he's in me. That means if he's in me, his names are also in me. That means if I can get a revelation of these names and I can meditate on them and release my faith in them, they'll start to work for me. And when I face life, I'll face it differently. 
My 2024, your 2024 has to be with these names, like fingers of a hand, ready to grasp every situation that you see. Every situation that you see. Let's just hypothetically, I'll use an extreme negative case, but let me just, just for, just for illustration, let's say you were diagnosed with leukemia or you were diagnosed with some kind of cancer and you felt like your world was falling apart. Well, take that diagnosis with your five fingers and say, he is my miracle worker in this situation. He is my guide and the revealer of exactly what I need to do in this situation. He is my defender and my giant champion that stands ready to defend me through this situation. Eternity waits for me. This is only temporary. There's something greater to come and he is my captain and my leader of wholeness. In this situation, I will have safety and joy and peace in every area, health, mental health, physical health, prosperity, in every area of my estate, I shall be whole. Now, when you, when, you, when you lay hold of that test and trial with those five fingers, you will respond differently than laying hold of it going, well, I can't remember what he preached on that sermon. Honey, get that sermon. He said something about healing. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention, but he said something. We need to get that because my God, I'm going to die. You can approach situations with the wrong kind of grip. And you can approach situations with the right kind of grip. And I'm telling you this wonderful Christmas verse, this is a Christmas verse, talking about Jesus coming into the world as a child. These five names, they mean something to us. And it's a short message. It's just a little bit of a punch to you, a little bit of a, I just want there to be a bit of an impact by the Holy Ghost, by the anointing today, that you are not alone. No matter what you're going through, brother and sister, man, woman, child, whether you're Christian or not Christian in this room, remember, you are not alone. There is a mighty Jesus who came. He wants to be real to you. He wants to help you. He wants you to face your life with his miracle power, with his guidance. He wants you to face your life with his divine protection, with the hope of eternity burning in your heart every day, and with the leadership his leadership in your life of complete and utter wholeness in every sphere of your life and estate. He is our wonderful. He is my counselor. He is my mighty God. He is my everlasting father. And he is my prince of peace. Heavenly father, I thank you for these precious names that were given to Jesus that you sent him through the virgin birth to save mankind. We've watched videos about it today. We've sang about it today. We've talked about it today. But Lord Jesus, all of that, if it's not real in the heart of the individual, it was for nothing. If they came this morning, and Lord, there may not be anybody here that needs to be saved. I don't know. But because we open this up to everybody, to public people, to, to visitors, Lord, there just may be somebody here. I'm not sure. But there may be somebody here that doesn't know you, Jesus, the way that the rest of us do. And Lord Jesus, all the singing and all the talking and all the, all the, all the discussion about you is fruitless and useless if you're not real in every heart. Lord Jesus, you want these people to walk through this new year with these five strong fingers ready to lay hold of whatever situation comes at them, that they can grasp the challenges of this life, knowing that you will do supernatural wonders for them, that you will guide them through every step. They never have to not know what to do, that you will defend and protect them, 
that the hope of eternity burns within them and that you will provide wholeness for them, spirit, soul, and body in every case, in every situation, in health and prosperity and in their minds. Lord Jesus, you are so real to me. I've seen you do these five names for me so many times and you continue to. We want to go into the new year with this revelation burning in our hearts that we would never look at Isaiah 9, 6 the same again. But Lord Jesus, for the majority of us, possibly all of us this morning, we already have this reality in earthen vessels. We already know you, Jesus. You're living in our hearts by faith. We've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. These words strengthen us to remember that these five names is part of your identity because you're in us, it's part of our identity. And we must, we must look at ourselves through these names. And we must live with these names on our lips and in our hearts.